past two services that I've been here, and uh, it's it's called Don't Grow Weary or Don't Give Up. And the whole purpose of this, or the reason that I started this this message, before the end of the year 2021, um, I just had a strong impression that this message needed to go out mm-hmm. to remind people that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Because the world that the enemy has tried to, to push us down with things and make us think that, you know, it's over, don't even try anymore, uh, it, it's been a real battle, and we are in a battle. And But, but the, the point is, uh, as it says in Galatians 6, 9, in one of our core scriptures, uh, it says, and let us not grow weary in what, while doing good, for in due season we shall reap. If we do not lose heart, we shall reap. This is the, the whole kingdom of God. One of the key principles is sowing and reaping. So if, if we do our part, if we, if we plant, whether it's finances, whether it's friendships, relationships, whatever it is, if we're doing our part, that's planting a seed that will come back and give us a, a, an abundant harvest. So it's, mm-hmm. it's important that we remember that, that, uh, you know, and, and of course for most people, due season is not when we think it should be. But there is a due season, and it's when God thinks it should be. The key is, don't give up. You don't mm-hmm. lose heart. Uh, you can't, you can't win anything if you give up. I, I remember when I was a, a kid, we used to play Monopoly. And I would so frustrated. I, I was, I never wanted Monopoly, and I still don't like to play Monopoly to this day, because I like to win. So, uh, but, but I would give up. I, I'd get mad and stomp out before we got very far into the game, because I could see already that I was losing. Um, so we don't, we can't reap if we don't plant, if we, if we give up. Um, I've also mentioned the last uh, two messages about Joshua chapter 1, and I want to go into a little more detail this time with Joshua chapter 1, starting with verse 1, and it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and the people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I have given you. That's a done deal. If, if I'm reading that correctly, every place of the, that your soul, the sole of your foot will tread. You haven't even gone there yet, but I've given it to you, God. As I was, as I said to Moses from uh, I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the, and to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. I like that. Mm-hmm. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, as I was with Moses. So I will be with you. Is that awesome or what? As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. 
And that still goes today. He will not leave you or forsake you. Amen? Um, verse 6 says, Be strong and of good courage. Okay. Strong, good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. Okay. Again, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. There's something that he's talking about prosperity is available in that land, but there are things that have to be done. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do. Observe to do. Be a doer, not just a hearer. Observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. A lot of people want to have good success but not pay the price to get there. Mm. Verse 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? There it is again. Do not be afraid. One more time. Nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, notice that it says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I have given it to you. It says, all this land will be your territory. No man can stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. That sounds like it's a piece of cake. Or, or maybe these are Jewish. It's a bagel for them. But it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a done deal, right? It should be easy. But God warned Joshua four times here that he's needed to be strong and courageous because there are still battles to fight. You know, it, it, God made the promise. He said, it's yours. I have given it. Every place your foot shall tread. But but that's, that doesn't get it done because man has his part to do in receiving the promises of God. And uh, is what he's talking about here, even though there are still battles to fight, uh, God showed Moses, Moses, Joshua, showed Moses too, but he showed Joshua uh, some keys to, to receiving what God promised. God already made these things available for his people. Verse 8 says, one of the things, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That means you need to be speaking in agreement with what the Word of God says. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. In other words, be faithful to do what God tells you to do. And, and this all has to do with what I'm leading into about faithfulness. Because Joshua had to be faithful to fulfill 
the things that God was showing him here in order to reap the harvest that was available in the promised land. And, and if, you, if you look at the word faithfulness, it means stable, secure, trustworthy, reliable. And like if, if someone says something, if they're faithful, reliable, you know what they said they would do. And faithfulness has everything to do with receiving the promises of God. Now, if we go to Luke chapter 16, uh, we'll, can, we can see more about uh, this important key to receiving, from the things, receiving the things of God. Luke chapter 16 and verse 1. He also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his good. Now, I learned in, in studying the Bible from uh, various teachers that whenever Jesus said a certain this or a certain that meant that, this is an actual event. It's not just a parable. It, it, it's a parable in what? This is, is an event that really took place. So there's a certain man who had a steward, and uh, a steward is a manager. Someone that has, has charge of someone else's property. That's, that's probably the best definition. And this here, it, it says here, he's wasting his master's wealth, his, his goods, and so therefore he is an unfaithful steward, unfaithful manager. Verse 2 says, so he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship. For you can no longer be steward. Those are words that, that we will hear. Give an account. Because there's coming a time when every one of us will have to give an account. Standing by the judgment seat in front of Jesus. Not to see whether we're, we're saved or lost. But to see how we handled his business during our time on this planet. We're stewards. And, and this is something I believe we really need to understand. And, and when we do understand this, it changes our whole perspective of, of our place in this life. We are his stewards and, and stewards of his things. So this unfaithful steward is having his stewardship taken away. Verse 3 says, then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. Now, we need to remember this is a bad steward. And, and we're going to see that the accusations against him are justified. Uh, because when he gets in, in trouble, gets caught, he tries to fix it by more lying and stealing. That's how he needs his solves the problem, more lying, more stealing, and that's what got him in trouble in the first place. So he says, what am I going to do? I can't dig. Now maybe he had some physical disability or something. Maybe he was uh, elderly. Uh, says, I'm, I'm ashamed to beg. Uh, so he was, he was in a fix, and he didn't know what to do, but he figured it out. Verse 4, I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses, talking about the debtors, the, the people that owe his master money. So he goes 
goes around trying to buy favor from all the people that own uh, his Lord's debtors. Verse 5, so he called every one of them to his master's, every one of his master's debtors to him, and said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred majors of oil. So he said to him, take your bill and sit down and quickly write fifty. He's, he's falsifying the record. He's, he's changing the bookkeeping. Um, that's not a good thing. It's stealing. Um, now they didn't have, they didn't have, uh, computers back then, so they couldn't, there were no backups or anything, so if it was changed, that's the way it was. And, uh, Verse 7, he, he said to another, how much do you, do you have? So he said, a hundred majors of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. In other words, he's changing the books. And uh, like I said, if, once it, if it's that there on paper, that's all they've got to go by. That's, that's the way it stands. So verse 8, the master commended the unjust steward. Because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd, wiser, in their generation than the sons of light. Now, this, I, I didn't understand this for years. I, I thought, why was he commending him? He's not congratulating him. He's not saying, oh, that's a pretty good job, guy. No, he's saying, um, it doesn't mean he did a good thing. It means you are a clever criminal. Yeah. You are really a sneaky, a sneaky guy. Better watch my language. But anyway, <laughs> um, so his wisdom was not a good thing. In the Bible says in, in James, he talks about a demonic wisdom. There's a wisdom that is earthly and not heavenly. In fact, let's look at it in James chapter 3. And starting in verse 14, it says, But if you have bitter envy, and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast against, boast and lie against the truth. The wisdom does not descend from above. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. That sounds like newspaper. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. What how would that be? The Lord wants us to be simple concerning evil, but He wants us to be wise concerning His thing. Um, back to Luke 16, verse 9. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive This is another one. I, this is my opinion. I believe Jesus is saying here, if you want to get immersed in, in the worldly system, in the mammon system, and we, we live in this world and sometimes we have to deal with mammon. Mammon is just worldly goods and things. Um, but that, that can't be our, our entire focus. Like, we can't live our lives with that being our, our ultimate goal. Since, it, I'm paraphrasing, I think Jesus, this is what Jesus is saying. 
when you fail, uh, go to those guys. See if they'll give you everlasting life. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I think he's saying. That the Lord wants us to be generous. He wants us to be givers. And the world system is mostly about taking. It's not so much about giving. Um, and, and when we give, we shouldn't draw attention to it. Um, we, you know, we don't want to pretend we're just a big shot, big shot, and see how much we're giving. Look at guys. No, we don't do that. We we uh, we don't show off. It's it's uh, it's about being generous and. And when we are generous, we're only helping ourselves. Um, now, we're down to verse 10, and this is what I really want to emphasize, and this is this is what I'm talking about when we talk about uh, one of the great keys to receiving the promises of God. Verse 10 says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Verse 13, No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. Remember the, the Bible says that we we are in the world, but we're not of the world. It doesn't mean we we can't have anything to do with worldly goods and things, mammon. But that's not we need to give ourselves to God, not to that, not to the mammon. The greatest key to Receiving the blessings of God, crossing over to the promised land, getting the, the promotion, getting the next step into whatever God has for you, the key is faithfulness. And if, and if we take hold of this principle and let it change us, I believe the doors of heaven are about to be opened and, and we can increase in every area and in ways that we never imagined were even possible. Now, most people will think of money, and I, as I say often, it's not, it's not always about that. Money is the, the lowest part of, of all this. Um, what is God after? After a heart. And, and one of the things that, for some reason, the, the heart, there's an attachment between heart and money that, uh, that is real strong with a lot of people. So, uh, uh, faithfulness. Is, is about the heart. With God, it's always about the heart. It's not the head. Romans 10, 10 says, For with the heart man believes, and in more than one place, the Bible talks about a faithful heart. A heart that is faithful. Um, so many of the parables that Jesus taught are dealing with a faithful heart. Because that's what Jesus is looking for. And... Uh, Bible says in Luke 8.18, or Luke 18.8, that when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Because faithfulness is not common. The Bible says it's rare. There are a lot of people who believe, believe the wrong thing about faith. 
they they think that well, if we all have faith, well, the Bible says we don't all have faith. It's hard to find. And there are those say, well, we uh, we're all faithful in our own way. Well, that's that's not true either. Uh, and so people try to justify what they're doing with, well, God knows my heart. Well, he does. That could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on, on what your heart is doing. Uh, they think that's a good, a good report, but the truth is in the Word. Um, Psalm 12 and verse 1 says, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. You know, all you have to do is see the condition of the world right now uh, to see that that's true. Because if most people were faithful, the earth would be full of, of uh, God being, things being done God's way. Um, in Proverbs again, Proverbs 20, verse 6, most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? The faithful are not plentiful. You nice to think they are, but they're not. And we just read, the faithful uh, disappear from among the sons of men. What, what is the Lord waiting on before he can return? Because a lot of these parables that, that we're reading, we'll get even one uh, if we have time, they draw on it's, it's a parable about, uh, it's a, it's a picture of the Lord's return. And we don't know when it's going to be. But, uh, he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth, according to James 5, 7. And the precious fruit of the earth is people. It is souls. It's, it's the saved. Also known as the faithful. That's us, by the way. We are the faithful. And look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. He said, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Oh, that's bad. Verse 14, Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. There are few who find it. That's a sobering, sobering thought right now. And it's not that God chooses people to be lost and destroyed. It's their choice. People make that choice. People reject the opportunity to choose to believe God. They reject, I mean, faithfulness is a choice. You, you choose whether you're faithful or not. Um, and when we choose Him and choose to be faithful, choose to be trustworthy, um, we become one of those rare people. We're, we're precious according to the word of God. We are a chosen generation. A peculiar people. Mm -hmm. Not peculiar weird. Yeah. It, we're, we're special. Okay, let, me, let me put it that way. Um, we're a special people. We, we are the chosen. Mm -hmm. And, and the Father desires and needs millions of us. Now that's that sounds like a lot, but when you look at the, the entire population of the planet, a few million is not that many. But he needs millions of us for his plans, and God has big plans. 
big plans for you, big plans for me, and uh, it's, it's about ruling and reigning with him in his eternal kingdom. And what he's looking for are those he can trust, those who are faithful, and they won't distrust him. They won't rebel against him. God hates rebellion. Satan rebelled, angels rebelled, and and all of that has has just brought more pain and destruction to this planet. And it's all the result of rebellion. But there is a remnant. That's us. Say, I'm, I'm part of the remnant. I'm part of the remnant that has a faithful heart. Yes. That's right. And and we are his treasure. And the, the apple of his eye, the Bible says, we are part of that remnant. And we are vessels that are being prepared for him to, to bestow on us the exceeding riches of his grace. Amen? Now, I want to go back and look at verse 16, 10 again. It says, verse 10 says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. He who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. God does everything based on that principle. He, he gives you a little. He, he sees how faithful you are with that. And, and he builds on that. Um, it's, it's funny because I, I heard uh, more than one pastor talk about uh, giving people positions, and, and they said that it starts by giving them a broom. Not to, not to put them down, they can feel bad, but, but to see if they're willing to, do, to sweep the floor, inside and out, to do whatever uh, needs to be done, and do it the way they're asked to do it, not to come up with their own idea of how that should be done, and you know what, I, I have a better idea how this can be done. That's, that's not the point. Point is, will they do it the way they're supposed to do it, and and do it with a good attitude? And uh, we've told the story about how our, our uh, toilet ministry came about uh, years ago uh, when we would go and clean up an elementary school after after our school and our day's work was done. We'd go to this elementary school and uh, clean, you know, empty the trash, sweep the floors. Uh, Clean the toilets. We used to joke about how we clean those toilets and count your many blessings, name them one by one. Name those toilets one by one. But but listen, we were faithful with I, I believe that's why we're we've been able to go to the mission field, be successful there, we're able to be here now. Uh, it, that was a seed that was planted all those years ago that that being faithful with that little nothing thing. God was able to move us to another step of, of something that was that was bigger. Um, so a smart leader doesn't go right out and, and start giving someone an important position uh, because listen, if they won't listen with a broom, they won't listen if you put a microphone in your hand in their hand either. They what it's if they're not faithful with the little thing, they won't be faithful with the big thing. Um, a lot of people don't believe that. They they just their attitude is well, if you give me something important, something 
you know, work my my abilities, then I would show you what I could do. But no, Jesus did. Um, they won't because they they need to do exactly what their leader, what their their overseer, their their boss tells them they need to do. Then in verse 10, it says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. He who is unjust in what is least is, is unjust in much. Everything we face in life, there's a decision that needs to be made. Because God will not force you to be faithful. It says, uh, He who is faithful in, in what is least is faithful also in much. And he was unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Verse 11, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous manner, who will commit to your trust true riches? Mammon is, is worldly goods. It's, it's money and material things. You need to have some of those things to survive on this planet. But they can't be what controls your life. Um, but if you haven't been faithful with that, who's going to trust you with true riches? Um, the thing is, most people have it backwards. They say God doesn't care about money and those things, those natural things. He only cares about the spiritual. And that's, uh, that's not true. We are proven with the things that seem less important. And uh, like money. Like the tithe, that's one of the areas where where we are tested to see to show ourselves: are we really faithful? You know, Brother Hagen told the story of, of uh, a speaker that he had invited to speak at his church one time, and he really didn't like the way this guy was going, and he was actually tempted not to give him an offering. And uh, the Lord spoke to him and said, "No, double it." And that meant he had to take some, some money that he was putting aside for Christmas presents for the family so he could bless this guy that he didn't even like to, to bless him with a double offering. He did it, though. He was obedient. He was, he was faithful to do it. And uh, sometime later, he was called to the bedside of the lady who was just at death's door. And... Uh, they, there were, he and some others were there, they were praying for it. As they were praying, the Lord told Brother Hagin, go to the foot of the bed, lay hands on her, and, and command her to be healed. Wow. Command her to be healed. And she immediately was healed. And was eating dinner. I mean, she was about to die. Brother Hagin said she was at death's door. I mean, he didn't know that she was going to make it through the prayer. But she was up and talking and eating dinner with him that, that evening. And the Lord told him, if you hadn't obeyed me with that, I think it was like $50, this was a long time ago, $50 worth of money. If you hadn't obeyed me with that, I, I couldn't have used you for her healing. That's, that's amazing. And the enemy hates this. Um, because Brother Hagen was submitting to what the Lord was saying, um, and we need to be submission, submissive to those who are in authority over us, and uh, 
That's one word the enemy hates more than anything else is the word submission. He doesn't want you to submit. He's he's brought defiance and and you know rebellion into the world, and uh, that's that's his nature. Um, and you know the truth is, if if you don't listen to other people, you really don't listen to God. Um, and you know some people will say, well I. I don't submit to people. I only submit to God. Well, that's, that's a pretty bad cop out because uh, it's, it's just an excuse and it's not it's not true. Um, God speaks through other people, and I like to tell husbands especially that sometimes the voice of God sounds just like your wife. Yeah. <laughs> My wife says Amen to that, but it's true. It, and, uh, so you need to be willing to, and, and if you if you're close to the word, you'll know whether that word that's coming from another other person is is lined up with the word of God or not. Um, but if you don't listen to other people, you don't listen to God. Verse twelve there says, "If you have not been faithful with in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own?" Um, when it, it's an example from my own life, and it's kind of different, but I was a school teacher for over 20 years. In those 20 years, plus the time that I was in high school and college, I got to observe a lot of graduations. And I don't know, I just felt like I needed to be there, and I watched the practices. And I, I would watch how they would line the kids up, line the, the graduates up, watch how they would... Uh, march across how they would the, the mechanic and just the mechanics of, of handing out diplomas and things like that. And I and remember jokingly I would say, you know, uh, when I have my own school, I'm going to do it this way. But the day came that I had my own school. We had the Bible school in, in Budapest, and we had the, a, an amazing graduation that the first few years, uh, where we had guest speakers in. We had uh, they, they, we didn't have cap and gowns, we couldn't get them, but they, they all dressed up in, in white and black, and, and it was just an amazing thing, because I had paid attention to those things. I was faithful with those crazy little details that most of the other teachers were happy to have a, a, some time off while the kids were out of their room, but uh, I just thought I needed to be there, and it really paid off for me. Um, so, what we receive from God is based on our faithfulness and being, being faithful with, with what he gives us. You know, as we, as we look at those three verses in, in Luke 16, I want to read them one more time, 10, 11, and 12. Luke, Luke 16, what they say. Anyway, um, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. He who is unjust in what is least, unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to trust the true rich? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? These, these verses show us three things that test or, or reveal our level of faithfulness. Number one is little things. 
Little things that don't seem like they mean anything, but but we're being tested with that. That that little, you know, I, I tell the story about my uh, my Costco days when I worked at Costco, and I started out again with the, with the toilet ministry. I was sweeping floors and, keep, and cleaning toilets, but our manager would be in there with this uh, one-way mirror. Or he'd be behind there. He'd watch. I'm in there at four o'clock in the morning. Who's, who's watching the janitor at four o'clock in the morning? He was, and he saw that I was being faithful to do what I was supposed to do the way I was supposed to do it. Uh, I wasn't abusing the time that I was there, and I got promoted. He called me into his office one day, and I went from being the janitor, the guy that cleans the floor and and, and uh, sweeps the floor and cleans the toilets. And uh, went to, into a management training program where now I am the supervisor over a lot of other people, which which ruffled some feathers. But I'll tell you, it was actually it was one of the things that allowed us to go into the mission field because I was able to get in, in Costco's retirement program because teaching in a Christian school we didn't have a retirement program, and that that money that went into that that. Uh, Costco retirement program was what financed our, our first uh, building in, in Hungary. So uh, being faithful with that little thing, just, you know, again, sweeping the floor, you know, how diligent do I need to be with that? Be faithful. be faithful with that broom. Amen? Amen. Uh, because God is faithful. And, and the second thing is, uh, Faithful little things. The second thing is with worldly or natural things. That, that mammon is what it's talking about. Um, one of the things where a person can be faithful is doing an honest day's work. You know, we talked with some of the people on on the, our teaching session on Skype today about how we've heard people come in from work. They get a job working for the government or they're working for somebody else, and they're they're just proud of the fact that. You know, they paid me for eight hours, but I really only worked two, and I was able to go home and play with the kids and eat dinner and do this. It's, it's feeling, really. And, and, you know, I said, if that's your attitude, that, then don't expect any promotion at all. So an honest day's work is part of that. And then the third thing that, that shows our faithfulness is working with what belongs to other people. You know, so you, you've probably heard the expression, uh, they, you know, left it better than they found it. And, and for, our, for us, now before we owned a home, we rented a few places. Every place we went, they were, they were sad to see us go because we left that place in better condition than when we went there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just good. You, you treat things, even on the job. Every job I've ever had, I treated it as though the success of that company was up to me. If, if I didn't do everything I could to make that company look good, I wasn't doing the, the, a good job uh, that I was hired to do. So only those that are faithful can be trusted. And uh, faithfulness requires faith, requires trust. Uh, We're about out of time, so uh, I, I think.
thing. There's, there's so much more in it, but I, I invite you to check into this. Look at the, the parables that uh, that Jesus talks about. The, the parables of the the talents of of how he gave uh, one one person uh, five talents, another one uh, three, and another one one. And how they, in their faithfulness or lack of faithfulness, what they what they did with that. Uh, the the ten virgins, five wise and five foolish. What what does faithfulness have, have to do in in those stories? Because that the the five faithful brought extra oil. They were prepared, and it says those that were ready, those that were prepared, got to end to the to the marriage, and and the one the five that were foolish had to go out and buy oil because they weren't ready and they couldn't get in. What what he said, the master said, I never knew you. Wow. That that was the whole key. They they were unprepared and he didn't know them and, and he knew the others. You know, sometimes people show up uh, when something big is happening because they want to look like they, you know, I'm part of this. And and it's that's not faithfulness. God wants you to be faithful. God will reward faithfulness. And and God's God's plan is for you to be to be faithful in wherever we are right now. With what's in your hand right now. We we talked about uh, Moses, how how the the Lord said, What's in your hand? And it's that rod. And that rod was was one of the Things that was used in some of the miracles that, that were performed through Moses and, and helped free the children of Israel out of Egypt. So we ask people when they, when they come to us, um, and, and ask, you know, what, what do you see me doing? What's, what's in my future? What can I do? We always ask, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? When our children moved out of the house, the last one moved out, they call it the empty nest. Our nest has never been empty. As soon as they moved up, what we had was a house. We had rooms, and we always had people living with us. We tried to, to help people that were uh, kind of outcast or needed needed a place for, for a period of time. Some of them we had to ask to leave, but, but all of them were, were, uh, were blessed to be there. And we were blessed because we, we were faithful to, to use what was in our hand, and I believe those those things along the way, those little seemingly nothing things were were why we could be where we are today. And I believe that every one of us are are in a position where whatever's in our hand right now, we if we're faithful with there, God has something beyond that for us to step into. So uh let's pray and we'll close for tonight. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, we thank you that, uh, Lord, you're teaching us about faithfulness. You're teaching us about not giving up, about staying through to the end because we win when we don't give up. Lord, we thank you for teaching us and, and uh, guiding us, Lord. Thank you for helping us to be diligent, to be faithful with what we have, even the little things or things that belong to others. Lord, we just thank you that you have a great plan for each one of us, a plan for, for good and not for evil, to give us a future and a hope. And Father, when we are when we 
don't give up.